Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Andrew with the Marshall Wisdom Podcast, and very happy you're here today. Thank you for continuing to listen. Please share this with anyone you think would benefit from it, and we can we can bring more people into the family here. So today's episode is a very interesting one, and it's a uh, it's kind of one on more the spiritual and emotional side and the mentality of martial arts. But it has to do with developing your warrior or fighting spirit, basically. Um, and what do I mean by this exactly? Well, there are times in a person's life where they have to adopt the attitude of fighting, basically. Or being a warrior. Fighting for something, whether that be in the physical sense, when they have to defend themselves or a loved one or some stranger who's being assaulted, um, or just in everyday life. Uh, it could be at work if they're getting bullied or they're getting taken advantage of, whatever it may be. Or they're put in, if you're a student and you're put in this precarious situation or challenging environments and you just have to kind of fight your way through it. Uh, it's all about building resolve, commitment, and refusing to back down and strategically problem solving and getting accomplished what you need to get accomplished. So this fighting or warrior spirit can actually, it will certainly help you in actual hand-to-hand combat situations, but absolutely can help you in every aspect of your life, especially if you're dealing with something challenging. So that's what we're going to discuss today. So first of all, what do I mean exactly by your warrior or fighting spirit, so to speak. Well, I believe everybody has the capacity for this. Um, I believe every human being has to some degree an innate capacity to buckle down and flip a switch, so to speak, and just fight through something, basically. Some people, especially due to experiences and the way they were raised, they have a larger capacity for this and it comes more naturally whereas other people they really don't they have not trained those areas of themselves so much um but let's look throughout history this is kind of a foreign topic to some people if they weren't raised in certain environments um like myself uh i was raised in an interesting environment with um where you had to be street smart quite honestly I was taught to be street smart from a young age. I was taught about the dangers of the world, the dangers that, you know, other people, that there are people in this world that have evil intentions. And I saw plenty of that in my life growing up. So that formed me to be very realistic about my world outlook and be street smart. And from a very young age, develop this fighting spirit to where if I had to, I had to just throw down if I needed to, um, quite honestly. Um, some people though, they aren't, they haven't been, they haven't seen or experienced those things in their life. And as a result, they just, they haven't really trained these parts or connected with these parts of themselves. And so where do we begin with this? Well, if you look back at history, every time period, there's always been some warrior class or group of individuals who have Basically, they've made it an effort to train themselves in mind, body, and spirit to be that group to defend not only their own families, themselves, but people around them who needed defending, if necessary, from foreign invaders, from tyrants, 
from internal chaos, whatever it may be. Um, and this has happened throughout history in general. And just because we live in relatively peaceful times, although I would argue that it's getting a bit chaotic here, and this peace might not remain as what we're used to, there's always been this and this necessary need for this. So this is something that I think is very important for every martial artist to uh, actually develop this inner warrior spirit. So the big question is, how do you develop this inner warrior spirit? Most people are like, well, where do I even begin with this? Um, and I have some tidbits that I've learned in terms of working with students, because most students, when I say this, they, they don't know where to begin, right? and rightly so. It's kind of a strange topic. So let's begin with a few things here. The first few practical things I've learned in terms of learning to get an idea or concept of, a, of your warrior spirit and connect with or see yourself in that light, um, because that's really the first part, is being able to connect with this idea of what a warrior is, is, as strange as this sounds, number one, if you are into Marvel or DC or the what used to be comic books, comic books, I don't even know if they're really around anymore, but there's a lot of shows that are based off of these comic books where there are these heroes, whether they be superheroes or normal everyday people that have committed themselves to some sort of justice or defending those who cannot defend themselves, like Batman, say. Find one of those you really like and you feel some sort of connection with, whether it be the way they were raised, th problems they deal with, um, you know, inner demons, whatever it may be, and start thinking realistically in your own little way, in your own everyday life, how could you be more like that person when you encounter, when you encounter difficulties in your life? I'm not saying at all, go out and be a vigilante, no. What I'm saying is, though, don't search for problems. <laughs> That's my advice to everybody. There's plenty of problems in your own life and in the life around you, and you will encounter those every so often, so don't search for them. However, when those problems... And you, when you encounter those problems, which you will, you need to actually be able to, or at least it is so much more helpful if you can actually turn on this switch and just sort of channel that inner warrior in yourself. So that's my first, my first identification is if you're into comic books or those certain stories, whatever it may be, that first you look at that and you say, okay, how am I similar to this person? Are there things that I can change to make myself more like this person in terms of what works for them in dealing with difficult situations? Next is if you're into history or your culture, like your ancestry, which I totally am, you look at your ancestry and then you, you look at the history on the warrior classes of your ancestry. You know, I firmly believe that you still retain some of the spirit of your ancestors, quite honestly. So... Um, and quite honestly, the human family, we're all related. So even if you're not the same ancestry, like I'm not, I am not, uh, if there's any Japanese in me, it's very distant. <laughs> so, but I very much have a lot of respect and feel connected in some, in many ways to the samurai warriors in Japan. You know, they, they have just a beautiful, beautiful warrior culture of much honor and, and respect and 
and bravery, courage. And, um, but every culture has a warrior class. And look at the warriors in terms of the, the honor and the reality of defending those who can't defend themselves. Don't look at the group as a whole, maybe some atrocities that have been done in terms of when they were politically corrupted, whatever it may be, because just about every group has certain individuals in every group has have done that sort of thing. But look at the actual warriors um, and how they've defended their people and the courage and try to connect with that. For instance, I'm part Scottish and um, when the Romans invaded England and they were headed north towards Scotland, they started encountering the Scotto-Picked warriors. That's what they were called at the time. And they were so utterly vicious and had this resolve commitment that I'm either going to kill you or you're going to kill me before you get to my family and my clan that they actually walled off the Scotto Picts. That's what Hadrian's Wall is that separated England from Scotland. Quite honestly, in a sense, that's something to be proud of if you're part Scottish. I am in terms of that. I'm not talking in terms of some atrocities they might have done, whatever it may be. But in terms of their resolve and their stance they took towards an army that was, quite frankly, larger than them and more technologically advanced. But that's just an extreme example of when somebody's put in a bad situation and they face adversity, what a great way to respond. You know, I love that. So find something in your culture, your ancestry that you can connect with and be proud of and envision yourself as that, as an extension of that, really. My third tip for just kind of a realistic way of connecting with this idea would also be an enforcer archetype, if you would. That's what I call it. And there are times when, quite frankly, if you study martial arts and you've trained yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, you are going to be the best person in a certain situation to keep a violent person from creating more damage to other people around them. That's happened many times in my life now. Um, and it's happened many times in some of my students' lives or my training partners' lives to where they've been in a situation that somebody has been being violated by somebody who's very violent and they've had to step in because guess what? They were the most um, prepared and the most likely to succeed in keeping that person from killing or maiming more people, quite honestly. And fortunately, they've always succeeded. So um, you need to think of it like an enforcer archetype. If you've ever played a sport, you'll be able to connect very well with this idea. Because any sport that has any excuse me, any sport that has physicality in it, whether it be soccer, football, basketball, um, you hockey is a huge one. Hockey is you have individuals on your team, and oftentimes they are the defense-oriented individuals who, when somebody does a nasty hit or they are bullying one of your players and they have to be put in check, these people will come up and they will create a physical boundary and they will shove the person off the other one or get in the way and say, if you want to go, we'll go. Like, they, they will get in the way and they will basically throw down with this other individual if necessary. They're there to protect their teammates and keep the peace, basically. Hockey is probably one of the best examples of it because you actually have players who are signed because they are enforcers. They might not even be the best hockey players in terms of hockey, 
But they are people that uh, Wayne Gretzky, for example, he would not sign with a team unless he could bring one of his enforcers with him. Unless the team actually signed one of his enforcers to watch his back. He was a phenomenal hockey player, but he was much he was a lot smaller and he's not really a fighter compared to these other guys who were just trying to when he because he was so good, some of these other guys who were bigger than him were like, We're gonna just try to injure him out of the game. He actually needed an enforcer to guard him. And boy were his enforcers good. And they would throw down for him. So you got to kind of think of yourself this way. You got to learn that there might be a situation where you have to turn the switch on, especially if you have a family. There's a lot of violent people out there and, and some of them will take advantage of your family without it, without a doubt. And, and I've had situations where I've had to turn on this enforcer archetype for my family and you kind of turn into a whole different breed altogether. You're normally a peaceful, kind, respectful individual. And then you can just turn into basically a wild animal. But sometimes you have to do that when you're dealing with a person that has evil intentions and they're violent. You just have to do it. Um, so those are some ways first of kind of envisioning it, what it looks like. Um, a good way to practice this, quite honestly, is so in your training with training partners, you do it in a way not to hurt them, but... A great way to practice this is have somebody put you in a really bad situation. Like you have your a much larger training partner. You have them put you in side mount um, and, and just say, smash me, beat me up, do this and that. Put on your headgear and everything. Um, start out in a very bad compromise situation and then envision that this person, they are not only hurting you, but somebody else is going to be hurting your family. Or this guy's going to turn on your family. So no matter what, you have to dig deep and you have to get the resolve to somehow survive this guy's attacks um, and get him off of you, sweep him, and just tear him apart, basically. Because you're the only thing keeping him from harming your family. I mean, that, that takes it to a whole nother level. But if you can get used to kind of practicing this concept of flipping the switch going to that killer instinct then in real life it's going to be that much easier to do and quite honestly there are times in your real life where you might need this then you might think to yourself well where do i even begin andrew because you're kind of giving me the situation where i might have to be the enforcer i might have to step in and it's like, how do I even do that in such a way that it's appropriate and legal, but yet gets the point across? Well, here, through many altercations that I've had um, <laughs> in an emergency room setting, where I have very violent people sometimes come in that are on things, and that they are extremely violent to staff, what I've found to be most helpful is setting, you set a boundary. You clearly set a boundary. Um, you do that with your person, your physical self, but you also do it with your energy and your words. So there have been many situations where I've had somebody getting very violent. They've got put their hands up. This actually happened last week. Went into went into literally hit somebody in the back of the head. Fortunately, I was the only person watching because it was a busy day. But I literally, as I saw this person doing this, I charge i literally charged over i had no choice this person was huge compared to the person he was going to hit blindly in the back of the head i i charged over and i had my hands fully extended out 
like to where I could just shove this person back into the wall and get him away from that person if necessary. Um, and I got in this space. I created a physical boundary and I said, what are you doing? But with my energy, I said, I basically, not only with my body, but with my energy, I just put in there and I interjected myself in such a way that quite honestly, I was conveying the point to him that he's either going to get body checked into the wall if he tries this, or he's going to be able to calm down and I'll give him the choice. And I honestly did not think this individual would calm down. But shockingly, this person was a lot bigger than me. Shockingly, uh, not really shockingly, but he, he was like, he put his hands up like, I'm guilty. And then he said, no, 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 I don't want any trouble. You and me are cool. He just needs to stop saying what he's saying. But the funny thing was this individual was not saying anything remote about this guy. This, this was a registration person. So, and then he backed up and he sat in the bed. He submitted and sat in the bed laid down in his bed like almost like a kind of like a dog situation where the dog just sort of the one dog comes over and says knock it off and the other one says okay and they kind of submit and get in the bed it's very it was a very interesting situation but it highlighted well what i did was i set a boundary there and that was one i had to think very quickly with fortunately hopefully you won't have to th to just react that way because in that moment i thought to myself if this guy starts swinging, I'm going to have to just throw him against the wall to prevent him from hitting this guy, like shove him against the wall. Um, so, but you set a boundary, not only physically, but also with your words and your energy. Like, let's say somebody's acting up, you maybe have the others back away and you stand in between them, but stand, remember, safe distance. And you say, why don't you just calm down, man? Or you say, you need to knock it off and do not cross this line. And you do the line like like I've said I've done before. And you just, you get, you get sort of in your ready stance and you just watch them. You stare at them and you convey that energy. If you cross this line, there's going to be a big problem. You basically say to them, you cannot cross this line. If you try it, you're going to get put back in your corner, so to speak. And this, this sort of talk is not meant to be a, a bully yourself. Don't ever do this and try to be a bully yourself. But in these circumstances with violent people, you actually have to be an enforcer. You have to set a firm boundary. Because these types of people, there's a cultural problem in our society today where people think they can violate the rights of others, the space of others, etc. They think they, they can somehow get away with that and that's okay. And it's really not. So culturally, this has to be taken care of. And I think this is how little by little we take care of it, is people get put in place, get put in their place when they do this. Um, but you need to set a boundary. Just work on setting a boundary and be prepared to react if they come in on that boundary. So that's my most practical advice for dealing with it in real life. I mean, be prepared if they come at you. you got to defend yourself and those around you and do, and do it smartly. But guess what? They came at you. So it's complete defense of yourself and others. So, um, so once again, let's just recap this. For one, you should get in tune with your warrior or fighting spirit. Believe it or not, you have it in you. And you might not have had a lot of practice with it, but practice makes perfect. And you can develop this portion of yourself to be very strong and very connected to all aspects of yourself, really. 
And it will help you in everyday life, not just in these situations where you might physically have to prevent somebody from harming others or yourself, but also in situations where, let's say, you're a student and you're working and all this stress is converging on you and you have all these obstacles in front of you. What are you going to do? Are you going to just give up or are you going to fight through it? This Developing this spirit will help you survive, will help give you the resolve, the perseverance to keep fighting, just to keep fighting until the, until the job is done. It's going to help you in your everyday life. It's, so, it's such an important skill. It's something that's very much lacking uh, in modern society, too, is that resolve and that commitment and that fighting spirit. So it's so important for you to develop. Um, and the first place to start is identify. You know, look at, look at those comic book heroes or somebody like that. Look at your ancestry or some ancestral warrior class that you that you feel an affinity to or you feel some connection to read about them and how they lived by an honor code and how they defended those more vulnerable than them um and then look at some enforcers you see who enforce and protect their teammates on sports teams and then finally when you're training practice those situations where you think to yourself if you're put in a compromised situation and someone's just beating the heck out of you we, we just did a shark tank drill, by the way, and I did not coin that phrase. There was a, there was a jiu-jitsu uh, instructor that he called it a, sh- a shark tank. It's a wonderful exercise where you basically have the person versing every single person at class that day in a sparring match or a rolling match, whatever it may be, and the person is constantly in the middle and so a fresh person is coming in and they they go at it for a minute, two minutes, and then they don't even get a break. That person leaves and then the new person comes in. But the one person is in there and they have to go through the, the chain of all these individuals. So they have to dig deep. They have to connect to that fighting spirit. It's a wonderful exercise for developing the fighting spirit. And when you feel like you have nothing left to give, visualize your family being attacked or a situation where it's like, I'm the only one that can stop this person from hurting my family. So I have to survive this. I have to get the best of this person. Don't injure them, but dig deep. Practice when you think you have nothing left to give. Guess what? You do. And if you connect to that fighting spirit, you can give until your heart stops, quite honestly. So practice it. Practice makes perfect. Finally speaking, because this episode is a rather deep episode, and it's kind of a, there's a lot of fighting energy in it. Don't look for evil. Again, I'm reminding you, don't look for evil. Be realistic, be observant. If you see it, it's there and you have to do something, do it. But don't go looking for trouble. Don't go out becoming some vigilante looking for trouble. That's not the purpose of this episode. The purpose of this episode is that trouble is going to find you. Whether it's at your work, at your school, at your home, when you're out with family, whatever it is. There's going to be some individual... Um, or some circumstance where it's going to be kind of a, uh, a conflict. And you're going to have to learn to switch on that fighting spirit when it's appropriate and deal with the conflict. So hopefully this episode was helpful. Again, continue to email me and text me if you have any episodes you want to hear about or topics, hear my opinion on. 
and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you.